Welcome to my podcast, The Cross in the Desert, Speaking Hope and Freedom to Iran. I'm your host, Randy L. Noble, and I want to say thank you once again for taking time out of your busy life to join me today on my podcast. I want to talk about the oppressive hijab law on Iran, the law that states that every woman must be veiled when going out publicly, and unless she complies with the Islamic dress code, she can be fined, arrested, and even publicly lashed. The Bible instructs me in Proverbs chapter 31, verses 8 through 9, to, quote, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. And that is what I do on my podcast, especially in the area of the oppression of women and the lack of their human rights. Just recently in Iran, the Revolutionary Guards commander for Tehran, General Hassan Hassan Zeda, announced the formation of a new 300 people unit. What's the goal? They want to harass, quote, badly veiled women in the streets. The Islamic Republic of Iran is really scared of women's civil disobedience, and that's why they're taking the time in this difficult economy in Iran where they're strangled with the sanctions and the coronavirus, and yet, in spite of their lack of money, they're taking what money they have to go after women to form this 300-people unit. Also in the news in Iran is the story, the tragic story, of a young 21-year-old girl. Her name is Saba Kordashari. She was beaten up by prison guards when she resisted being taken to a ward for common criminals. Like I said, she's only 21 years old, but she has been sentenced to 24 years in prison for saying no to compulsory hijab law in Iran. We need to be a voice for Saba and every other woman that has to tolerate this oppressive law that gives them no choice. Ever since the Islamic Revolution in 1979, when Khomeini became the leader, promising freedom, but he lied, when he became the Ayatollah in 1979 after the Shah was exiled, women's rights went to hell. They had to dress in dark clothing, they couldn't hold government jobs, and they were forced to veil when they went out publicly. The best way I can explain this topic to you, the listener, is to quote from a short story that I wrote in my book, The Rose of Nauru's Dreams of Hope and Freedom. And this is a story and a novel that I published more than seven years ago. It's the story of Behera. She's a young concert violinist in Tehran who witnesses the tragic beating and the tragic oppression of her women friends until it breaks her one day. She decides she has to stand up for them and to go out and be their voice. Well, in the story of my book, The Rose of Nuruz, there is a chapter. Her best friend Zainab is going out to university one morning. She's late. She's hurrying. And in her hurry, she runs into the morality police. This story will best represent to you the oppressive hijab law and what women have to deal with in Iran. 
Zainab is frustrated. She's trying to cross the street. There's heavy traffic. So now she's just gasping for breath. She's in in a hurry to go to university. She's just missed the bus. People are yelling, honking horns, and there's the annoying air pollution in Tehran. It's just getting too much for her. And, And she's about to have an emotional meltdown, but she has to compose herself and she has to get to the university. But she sees a pastry shop less than a block away. Wow, she says, I've got to have some of that. She knew she was going to be late for class, but oh well. Tehran University is more than two miles away. It's a very long walk yet to Revolution Square. But you know, Zainab is going to stop. She couldn't eat breakfast. She's late for university. She's going to stop and get some pastry. She is starving. A cup of hot tree, a fresh pastry would be the perfect breakfast right now for her. Wiping the sweat off from her brow, Zainab took another deep breath and began to slowly walk in the direction of the pastry shop. Excuse me, ma'am. Zainab felt a hand touch her shoulder. She quickly spun around. A tall, middle-aged woman dressed in a black shador that covered her whole body like a tent stood face-to-face with Zainab, carrying a radio in one hand and a clipboard in the other. Two uniformed officers were standing behind the woman, dressed in green and white jumper clothing and wearing stern expressions on their faces. It was the Gostier Shad, the morality police. Zainab's whole body tightened up with stress and anger. Drops of sweat streamed down her face. This was the last thing she needed this morning was from a visit from the morality police. What is your name, ma'am? Zainab began to pant nervously out of breath. Ma'am, I missed the bus. I'm late for class, Zainab said, protesting. The female officer gave Zainab a frustrated look. You can make this easier by cooperating with me and answering our questions. What is your name? Zainab took an angry deep breath and nervously bit her lip, placing her hands on her hips. Zainab, she bluntly answered. The female officer began writing on her clipboard. Zainab, the officer began, looking intently into Zainab's eyes. Can I ask you a question? Zainab remained silent, too angry to respond. The female officer stood perfectly still for a few moments with her eyes riveted upon Zainab. Zainab, do you think you are dressed appropriately as a Muslim woman? Zainab's heart began to beat faster in her chest. Feelings of anger and humiliation filled her mind. The female officer waited patiently for her to respond. Zainab wanted to bolt and run. She felt cornered and trapped. I I was in a rush. I I overslept, Zainab nervously explained. The female officer gazed up at the loose-fitting scarf tied around Zainab's head. She touched her blonde strands of hair, protruding out from underneath the scarf and drooping down over her forehead. Then she removed Zainab's sunglasses. This is unacceptable for a Muslim woman, the officer complained with a disgusted tone in her voice. This is an improper hijab, Zainab. Your hair is showing too much and you have sunglasses sitting on top of your so-called makeshift hijab. Zainab breathed a frustrating sigh. The female officer then gazed down at her bare arms. She shook her head in disgust. 
You are showing way too much skin, young lady. The officer began writing down notes on her clipboard. The two male officers gathered closer to Zainab and stood posed with their hands behind their backs. Sweat began pouring down Zainab's forehead. She felt desperate, wanting to escape. The female officer finished writing her notes and stared seriously once again at Zainab, handing her an official sheet of paper. I want you to read this carefully and sign it. It is a declaratory promise that you intend to conform to the rules of the Islamic dress code and will immediately begin dressing in the proper attire. Zainab took the piece of paper from the officer's hand and nervously signed it. The officer became offended at Zainab's cavalier attitude. Zainab, you must take this seriously. If I find you in violation next time, you're going to be arrested and fined. The anger and rage was burning inside of Zainab's soul. Do you understand? The female officer sternly asked. Yes, ma'am. Zainab smacked back, biting her lower lip. Rushkosh! Farsi for have a nice day, the female officer said. Then she quickly departed with the Gostier shot officer. Feelings of anger and humiliation tore at Zainab's soul. Tears of hurt and anguish rolled down her cheeks. She quickly wiped them off in anger and looked down at her watch. It was 8.15 a.m. She was very late for class now. Picking up her book bag, Zainab began walking rapidly down the street. She was hungry, tired, and extremely frustrated and didn't care if she ever made it to class again. Just a few minutes later, Zainab has finally arrived at university, and let's pick up the story. Out of breath and very hungry, Zainab flopped down on the picnic table outside in the university courtyard. It was 9.10 a.m. It had been a very exhausting two-mile walk. Zainab took several deep breaths and finally composed herself. Professor Hamid would not be pleased with her tardiness, but at the moment, Zainab really didn't care. Picking up her book bag, Zainab walked around the corner and pushed open the doors to the front entrance. The hallways were quiet. Classes were in session. Just as Zainab walked past the administration office, two officers from the campus security called out her name. Zainab! Zainab spun around. A man with a short black beard, dressed in a security uniform, motioned for Zainab to come over to him. The officer was flanked by a university administrator dressed in a clean black suit. The administrator had an angry expression on his face. Zainab reluctantly walked over to the officer, feeling tired and frustrated from being harassed all morning. Yes, sir? Zainab asked with a sigh of despair in her voice. Zainab? The administrator said. This is Officer Hendraki from Intelligence. Zainab began to panic inside. Fear and anxiety flooded her heart and mind. Yes, ma'am, Officer Ndreka said, clearing his throat. I will get right to the point. There are pictures of you up on the social network, and in every one of them, you were not wearing your hijab. Zainab began to tremble and fall apart on the inside. She was speechless. You understand, Zainab that you are a student in this fine university and as such you have an obligation to comply with the policies which include dressing properly. The university administrator had a grim look on his face. 
Zainab, I'm very disappointed in you. Zainab's lips began to tremble. Tears flooded her eyes. Ma'am, you realize there will be punishment for this. You cannot flaunt your beauty on the internet without wearing your hijab. This is unacceptable, unacceptable dress for a Muslim woman. Officer Hendraki gave the administrator a serious look. Then he turned back and looked Zainab intently in her eyes. I am going to recommend that you be suspended for the rest of the semester, Zainab. The administrator shook his head in agreement. I'm sorry, ma'am, but you must take seriously the Islamic dress code. The administrator handed Zainab her papers of suspension. I will have to keep this incident on file, Zainab. This can affect your degree and make it difficult for you to get a job once you do graduate. Zainab took the paper, stuffed them in her purse, and bolted toward the front entrance. Her whole world had been shattered today. She felt broken and helpless with nowhere to run. She was tired of being treated like a caged animal. Zainab had to find a way to break free from the government oppression or else die. From my book, The Rose of Nauru's Dreams of Hope and Freedom, later on in the story, Zainab has her emotional breakdown. And like many women in Iran, she commits suicide. I'm not exaggerating. This is the oppression of women in Iran. For those that are trying to fight against the system and have a choice to, ne- to wear or not to wear the hijab, life is hell for them. It's, it's extremely difficult for a woman living in Iran. And that's why I write their stories. That's why I do this podcast. In your time alone or in your Bible study or in your church service, please remember the beautiful women of Iran that are oppressed and that are hurting every day. They just want freedom. Keep them in your thoughts and prayers. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast today. Have a great week.